Hey there, podcast listeners. We did it. Or really, I should say, you did it. In just eight days, you got us to our Kickstarter goal. We cannot begin to express our gratitude. Truly, from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you so very much. We cannot wait to bring you another year of theater people. We've already lined up some pretty stellar A-list guests. We're already working on our next live show, which I can't give any details about yet, but is going to be epic. I promise you. So we have 16 days to go of our Kickstarter campaign. We want to do just one stretch goal. A stretch goal, in case you don't know, is a goal over and above your original Kickstarter goal that will enable you to somehow better the product you're raising money for. Here's what we want to do. If we can raise just $800 more, which will get us to $6,000, we can do a major upgrade that would enable us to interview more than one guest at a time. That would mean that we'd be able to have the Keenan Bolgers back, but together. Or I could finally realize my dream of having Eden Espinosa and Leslie Margarita, who've been friends forever, on the show at the same time. Can you even imagine the shenanigans that would come of that? Or we could have the great writing teams of Aaron's and Flaherty and Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman, or any combination of the Hamilton cast. I mean, the possibilities are endless. So that's it. 800 more dollars. Our only stretch goal of this campaign... If you enjoy our show and haven't backed us yet, now's the time. Find the Kickstarter link on our Facebook or Twitter pages or at our website, theaterpeople.com. That's theater with an E-R-P-P-L dot com. Snap up a pre-order ticket to our next live show or any of the other great rewards. Okay, now to the show. Yeah. I'm Lin-Manuel Miranda. I'm Celia Keenan-Bolter. This is Queen Leslie. I'm Robin DeJesus. I'm Aaron Davey. Hi, this is Ellen Marie Marsh. I'm LaShawn. I'm Telly Leung. Hi, I'm Eden Espinosa. I'm Laura Osnes. I'm Katie Finnerin. Hi, I'm Tanya Pinkins. I'm Karen Olivo, and you are listening to the Theater People Podcast. Hello, fellow theater people. Welcome to the Theater People Podcast. I'm Patrick Hines, your host. So, today's episode was recorded before the Tony nominations came out. I think it was sort of a foregone conclusion that today's guest, the unbelievably handsome Tony Yazbek, was going to be nominated, but, you know, it's not cool to talk about that ahead of time. But now it's done, and I can say officially, we are so excited to be welcoming Tony nominee Tony Yazbek to the podcast today. Like most people, I became fully aware of Tony's ability as a true triple threat earlier this season when I saw him perform the lead role of Gaby in the critically acclaimed smash hit Broadway revival of On the Town. He'd been on my radar, of course, since his breakout performance as Al in the 2006 revival of A Chorus Line, and he shined as Tulsa in the 2008 Patti LuPone-led revival of Gypsy. But it was his work in On the Town that drove home the fact that this guy really does it all. He's a true triple threat. It was about a year ago that I realized that we absolutely had to have him on the podcast, and I've been working on it tirelessly ever since. Tony has this really incredible career where he made his Broadway debut as a newsboy at the age of 11 in an earlier incarnation of Gypsy, the Tyne Daly-led one. He was a favorite of directors at the Encore series at City Center before getting the career-changing role in A Chorus Line. And now, with the critical acclaim he's received for On the Town, the sky is the limit for this guy. We're so glad to finally have him with us. Here's our conversation. New York, New York, New York, New York, it's a hell of a time! Yazbek, thank you so much for being on the Theater People podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm a huge fan, so I'm going to be a little nerdy. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, should we just jump in? I know you have to get to rehearsal soon, so we'll just go. Sure. Sounds good. All right. Um, If it's okay with you, we'll start talking about On the Town. Okay. So, congratulations. Thank you. On this amazing production. Thanks. Um, And you've been with it from the Encores production, right? Yes. um, City Center was 
gosh, maybe almost seven years ago or so. And right. um, that's where John Rando and I started a relationship. And um, ever since then, um, I had a, a little bit of a break from it, but then we did it at Barrington about, I guess, two years ago now. Gosh, I can't believe it's been two years. Already. I know. It's unbelievable. But yes. He, and when, when they asked him to come to Barrington and asked him to pick a show and he picked on the town, he, yes. his condition was that you come with it. I guess so. I didn't know this till later. <laughs> I didn't know any of this. So it was a big surprise to me. Um, I, I, I jumped at it. Uh, like I said, yes, right away. Cause I saw him and Josh, I, who I'd always wanted to work with. And, I thought, gosh, how fun would this be for the summer? And, you know, of course, none of us thought Broadway or New York or anything like that. We were just thinking, let's put on this amazing show and, and have fun for, for a couple months. You Did you go through an audition process the first time? I did. Um, you know, Bender had the idea when I was doing Gypsy at the time. Um, I think it was really just his idea. He just said, this is the guy you want. And we kind of, I had one quick audition and I got the job right away and, um, yeah, it was very quick. I, it was a big surprise. And I didn't really even know about the role or anything. I mean, I, I knew about the movie. I knew it was, a, you know, I knew it was a big Bernstein score. I'd heard a lot of the music, but I didn't realize this role could be such a sort of a triple threat role the way it's, the way it's formed. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting, I want to get back to that in just a yeah, second. Sure. Um, because initially you were talking about how when you guys went to do it at Barrington, it had this like great New York cast and it had this like great New York director, but there wasn't necessarily any plans for it to come to Broadway. No, not at all. I mean, honestly, I think John and Josh just loved working together so much and they had uh, collaborated previously, I believe, on uh, productions like Guys and Dolls up there and they had so much fun that they just thought, let's just do it again. And and it's very artistically freeing in that place. Barrington's a wonderful place to get something on its feet. So they just wanted to do it again. I think uh, John really fell in love with this show, doing it at City Center, and he'd always wanted to do it again. Um, and so having this cast up there, the way we sort of, we just had such a chemistry, um, I think that accounted for a lot of the success. And of course, you know, the direction and choreography, but the chemistry we all had together, we all just generally loved each other. Um, and so that really helped, I think, the audience kind of fall in love with the show even more. I read this really cool quote you had said in an interview about how without the Broadway pressure, you guys were able just to have fun. Uh, yeah, we did. I'm, really, I mean, really and truly, I, we didn't think anybody from New York was going to come up. We just wanted to have a good time. And we weren't even, I mean, you know, none of us were getting paid hardly at all right. to do this job. Or and it was just, you know, I, I think a lot of the times when you feel a little creatively under and you want to you want to feel that again um when you work with incredible people it just it gets you inspired again and i think i just wanted to feel that and and walk away feeling inspired so um you know to be able to dance that choreography and sing and and to have a place where you were just free to express without feeling any of the new york judgment or anything that you could possibly feel like that um, I think we were all in it for that reason. Um, and so as soon as, you know, some of these reviews came out, we didn't, we had no idea the New York Times was going to even come yeah. up and review us. A lot of this was a really big surprise. Um, and so I, I remember like reading some of those reviews and going, wow, I had no, I had no idea. I mean, we knew we had a good show, but we didn't know that it was reviewed or received this way. And all of a sudden you saw lines of producers and investors coming up to our show. We were like, what is going on here? <laughs> what was the time between it, uh, between like the, the Ben Brantley review coming out and, and then the show closing in Barrington and then you guys kind of knowing that it was going to come to Broadway? It was, oh, well, I mean, I think the review came out and we had a, maybe – Maybe two more weeks of shows left. That was it. So it was very quick. 
Um, that must we, have been an intense two weeks. I mean, it must have been was. people just clamoring for tickets. It was really intense. We sold out. We, we, we broke the record by thousands and thousands of dollars. I think the previous record was West Side Story there. But, I mean, you couldn't get a ticket. And um, we wish we could have extended, actually, I think, at the time. And then um, there were some producers that were interested. And I know John met with them up there and in New York for lunch. And, and then all of a sudden, I think it was... Sort of, he had this hunch, like it, it, we had this closing celebration, the last show, and he just gave us all this little bit of a hint, like, I don't think this show's gonna die here. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna put it out there. He had this, he had this feeling, and um, and then we got sort of um, like just sort of a call, like maybe, gosh, I don't, I don't know how many months away it was that we were gonna do sort of a workshop or a or a dance lab of it and throw it up on its feet and see what it would be like to get all of the music now that's instilled from the original production in it and get Josh to um, choreograph the entire production. Because we had cut significant amounts only because we had three weeks of rehearsal. And right. It's a lot of dance music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that was the first hunch, like, oh, wow, somebody's interested. And as long as I think we were there to impress the Bernsteins, to impress the Jerry Robbins estate, make sure everybody was very happy and very blessed that giving them, giving us their blessing that this show could go to Broadway again. And so we did that, and all of a sudden we got notified. We were going. And did you have any concern at the time? Well, I mean, obviously you probably didn't, that you might be replaced for the Broadway run. I mean, of course. I mean, of course <laughs> you're concerned. I mean, you know, you look at it and go, well, there's somebody in Hollywood that I'm sure they would want right. to take, and, you know, somebody will pay top dollar for right away without even seeing how good they are just because mm-hmm. that's who they are. I mean, you know, you th- everybody, I think, has that little bit of a fear factor, but, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think what I did originally at City Center, I think John saw, and I... And I, I think um, being the kind of performer I am, uh, which I, I believe is sort of a rare thing nowadays, um, you know, you hope that you're not replaced, but, you know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I was pretty hopeful that they would, they would keep me in, in that role. Yeah. Something that, that, that I read that is pretty interesting about this production is that, and I think this is something that you said that, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but typically in a show like this, they would have an actor play the role of Gaby yes. and do the singing and some of the small dancing and the acting and then they would have like a dream you that's know, right. who would do like the ballet numbers. Yes, there's never been an, another Gaby that's actually danced the ballet or danced any of the ballets. I mean, there's a lot of dancing in the show. Um, e- even the other guys. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know of another production that has had um, three sailors who've danced all their music. Um, right. So that's why this production is really special. Um, I think it's, um, and even Phyllis Newman said uh, to us, she said, this is the way they originally really wanted it, and we're so happy that we finally get to see it after all these years. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, it, 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 usually the dream gaby does come on, second act, and, you know, I'll, I'll flutter away after <laughs> I go, I'm going to go to Coney Island and find her, and then I'll be back for bows, <laughs> you know, or whatever. But I think... Uh, yeah, it was that was the challenge. That was a real challenge for me, and I didn't realize until we got to the dance lab how much music there was. Realizing, like at Barrington, I think the Dream Ballet was maybe four or five minutes. And you did it there as well. I did it there, and then we got here, and it's almost ten. 
And I was yeah. like, here we go. <laughs> Time to get in real shape now. You Did know? you know, I mean, obviously you're a tremendous triple threat. One of the few, I think, you know, in our leading men category these days. Did you know that you could do ballet? I mean, were you were you trained in ballet? I was trained in ballet in high school. It was one of the last forms of dance that I got into. I was, I'm a, I'm a hoofer. I'm, at heart, I'm a tap dancer. And I, I looked at all the greats. You know, I was I was a big, um, you know, Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire fan. But then I got into Gregory Hines, and and I, I just I that's what I wanted to do. And then all of a sudden, I, I realized I need to take ballet. I just wanted to do all forms of dance. I wanted to be ready. Um, so I had this incredible modern teacher in college, but that really solidified me, I think, as a dancer to do all forms. But ballet came in training for me because. I just wanted to be a good partner too, and that was the one thing that I realized that I was good at in ballet class was was partnering somebody. I was um, uh, so I had this deal at, at the time. I was uh, I guess it's Orlando Ballet now, but it was called Southern Ballet Theater at the time, and um, they gave me free class all year. Oh, to take, wow. which was I mean I literally had to show up at 8 a.m. till like five. I had like seven classes all day, and they said, "Here's the deal: you can take free class from us." all different kinds, as long as we use you in the ballets at night because you're a great partner. Oh, And wow. so here I am, you know, just like in the back of every, you know, chorus of like Carmen and Dracula that we did that year, <laughs> just lifting girls because they were like, you're strong and you're a good partner. Where was this? This was at um, Orlando Ballet. Then, oh, wow. You know, that's where I graduated high school um, in Orlando. And so it really was the best thing for me. I mean, I just took class all day long with company members even in, in, uh, in doing partnering with them. And so... Coming out of that, I, I got better technique, of course, and um, understood a lot. But even more so, I realized, oh, I, I can partner. And so that was, that was a really big thing for Gaby going into this because, you know, when you have Megan Fairchild, who's just yeah. this incredible dancer. We're going to have her on the show for a Broadway debut oh, episode this she's year. She's the best. Yeah. She really Will you is. talk about her a little bit? She's a, sure. a principal with mm -hmm. the New York City Ballet. New York City Ballet, yes. And, and she's sort of been like one of their star performers for years and years. And I, I had, I finally got to see something that she did last year and she was just remarkable. Um, and then um, she came into the audition. I was actually in her audition oh, wow. reading with her and they just knew. I mean, it was like five seconds into her reading her lines. They were like, let's just offer her this job right now. So Can they do that? Did they do that? They did. I mean, honestly, they did. And she'll probably tell you even more um, uh, in detail when, when you get to talk to her. But he literally said, I'm going to, you know, he whispered in my ear as she's talking, I'm going to offer this job right now. You're, you're cool with that, right? And I was like, yeah. Well, first he asked your opinion. That's amazing. Well, yeah, but I mean, he did. I mean, he, yeah. look, if I disagreed, I'm sure he'd be like, too bad. <laughs> Let's face it. But, you know, because he's a pretty genius director. He, I just trust him. But, um, um, yeah, he, they, they, we, he, she came in and she didn't even realize that they were going to have her dance. So she was like in like these tight jeans and this crop oh, top. And, and she's like, oh, I guess, you know, I'm dancing. And, and um, so she sang in red and then danced for Josh. And I mean, she was just, she just like literally lived in that role. I mean, she was from that time period. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Um, and so, and then what was so remarkable was getting in rehearsal. I just couldn't believe how easy she was to partner. I mean, she just, she's just effortless the way she dances. Um, and so, you know, we have this wonderful report at night. We've done the show over like 230 times now or something wow. crazy. And we were sort of perfectionists the way we work. And we let, we work on things every day. We talk to each other after the show. What, what else can we work on better? How can we make it even better for the next show? And, I just love even home. still even I, to this oh day. yeah every every day I think we talk about something we can make better 
Um, and that's the kind of work ethic I really enjoy being around, you know. Yeah. Do you have any moments <clears throat> with the other two guys that mm-hmm. you just love? Yeah, sure. I mean, we we just – we're like pals in real life. I mean, these guys I, – I, there's no way I'd – I'd be able to do the kind of performance that I give every night without them. They're just, they're awesome. I mean, we literally bond right before the show. We go up, we climb up on the ship and we just look each other in each other's eyes and we like get pepped up and we like jump up and down and, and just like get so excited and then like run off the gangplank and we are just like three peas in a pot. I mean, it's... Oh, I love it. That New York, New York number is so great. Yeah, and we're straight, you know, shot out of the gate with it. So you have to like really pump yourself up right before the yeah. show starts. Um but there's there's a lot of moments. I love dancing with them because each of each of us have such different styles, and yet we love to play off of each other so well. Um, and like even the nightclub scenes in the second act, there's a lot of improvisation. And so when you're close to somebody like that in real life, you can really just improv so easily and know that they're going to take whatever you give them and give it right back. Uh-huh. So that you know you can't ask for better partners like that on stage. It's so the chemistry is it's so fun to watch. It's yeah. clear that you all like each other. How do you? I mean, we're, we are recording this before Tony nominations are announced mm-hmm. you know what I mean There's, your show was such a sensation is such a sensation how are you guys keeping focused and not are you just not are you trying to not think about it or does it matter um, to you yeah trying not to think about it yeah I mean it's it's hard not to just because there's you know all there's so much buzz along, among the community with all of these shows especially how many shows are opening at like one time right, right now it's like incredible. I know every day there's a new opening you know I think we're lucky to have all of that pressure behind us as far as opening a show so we've we've been what almost seven months running with yeah. previews um but other than that i think for me it's like just one moment at a time it's one show at a time um my role is so physically demanding that i if i look any further than that i start to get really overwhelmed no matter what <laughs> um, right so i i really think about the moment and i just listen and get aware um and uh you know sure i mean i guess nominations are coming out soon and then and then the Tonys are coming. It's a very high-stress time, probably, right. for Broadway in general. Yeah. Um, but for a show that is so physically hard, I just don't want to wear down. So that stress would probably kill me <laughs> if I really <laughs> devoted my time to that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, honestly, my, my motto is really just, like, one moment at a time, one show at a time, and that's it. Yeah. And that's how I get through each one. Yeah. Um, last question about this show. Are, is there, you know, as an actor, are there a lot of demands on you outside of the show to, like, promote the show? And there, how are you there balancing have been. everything? Yeah, there have been a lot. I mean, our, our marketing team is incredible, and our producers have done a really good job to try to get us out there. Um, but, you know, it's like a, it's a fine line. It's They know how much I have to do in the show. Um, and so a lot of times... I can't do it, but as much as I can, I try to just because I really want people to see this, you know, um, and a lot of people have already, but I think it's, um, I think it's important to just try to get out there as much as you, you can. It's sort of your responsibility when, with ever, whatever show you're doing, I think, is to get out there and say, look, we're a part of this, you know, especially because it's, you know, how, how many how many times do you get to do this in your life? Right. I mean, it's right. like, let's just go for it, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, there have been a lot of extra little events that, that we've had to do. Um, we're going to be, I know we're taping this now, but we're going to be on the Today Show on Monday. Oh. And so that's a big thing. That's where I'm going to rehearsal for right after this. Oh, and cool. so we have this big uh, Today Show appearance. Um, and so there's, you know, always something to do with the show. Yeah. Do you mind if we go back a little bit and talk sure. about some earlier stuff? Okay. So you made your Broadway debut at 11 in Gypsy with Tyne Daly, right? Yes. Directed by Arthur Lawrence. You got it. What was your training before that? I mean, how, how, did you, how did you get to that? 
Um, I was in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. We moved there when I was four years old. Um, and, a, and very soon after when I was four, uh, you know, I, I saw Fred Astaire on the TV. And uh, I was hooked. And my mom just put me in class. And I always just wanted to tap dance, to, to be a dancer. And I lived in that old style. I was very much born in the wrong era, I think, mm-hmm. in that way. And um, I had this great teacher um, from Bethlehem, from Miss Jean School of the Arts, uh, School of Dance. And uh, she just molded me she believed in me and I think I was so I was 11 years old at the time and I was doing a little bit of drama there um, in in Bethlehem as well and I was dancing and I didn't really know anything else I was playing clarinet in marching band (laughs) so all these things were happening and so it was just funny how things came together but we had heard about an audition through some sort of manager um, that existed in that area and so my mother took me into audition for Gypsy in New York we drove in I was so nervous, but, you know, yeah. I had no idea what I was doing even. I'd heard about Broadway and dreamt about it, but never been in New York. Oh, wow. Never, That was nothing. your first trip to New York uh, Yeah, I mean, it was insane. And so um, uh, I remember uh, New York was very different then, yes. too. This is, you know, 1990, and, uh, you know, there were drug dealers <laughs> all right. over and prostitution, <laughs> and it was not Disney. The good old it days. Was, I literally remember, like, two drug dealers stopping me on the street as I'm getting to the – at 11 years old. Like, it was – I was like, Mom, let's just keep going, you know. Keep it classy, Keep drug going dealers. to that stage door. Um, yeah, so uh, what they wanted, well, they wanted a tap dancer who could sing and who could play the clarinet. Literally. And they wanted a kid. And they wanted a kid. Okay. So it – I was going in for the, it was the first replacement for one of the kids who was leaving to go do another play um, about three months into the run. And um, so this was on the stage at the St. James Theater. Oh, wow. I was one of the first groups to go, and I did my thing. And uh, Stuart Howard, the casting director at the time, took uh, me downstairs right away and literally just gave me the job in the downstairs wardrobe room. So Are you, what did he say, was your mother with you? My mom and my father were there, which was really cool. Um, this story is actually part of my solo show. Oh, really? <laughs> the yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, I, it's really important because it, my, my parents got divorced when I was six and uh, they didn't see, see each other much anymore and it was not so great between them. And so, but they both came separately into the city to support me. And they were both there, and it was me and the Stuart Howard and my mom and my dad downstairs in the wardrobe room at the St. James Theater. And I got this job. And I just, I literally remember when you're a kid, it's like, it's more important that you're a family than anything else, you know? So I literally remember, oh my God, I got this job. This is the most exciting day. And my parents are together. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, maybe they'll get back together now. You know, so stupid. Yeah. But, um, but that, that, that was a thrilling day. Yeah. Did you meet Arthur Lawrence before that or the casting director just no. hired you? No, Arthur, I don't even know if Arthur was there actually. I don't think he was there. I, I saw him, he came around to the theater a bunch afterwards because um, he didn't even I went in for um, Gypsy as Tulsa with Patty and, yeah. and he's there and I'm at this final callback and, and I and I, he was told that I was in his gypsy, and I don't, I don't even know if he remembered me. At that all, was one of, of my big questions: was did he remember? Because I, I don't think so. You were I mean, a replacement when you were younger, yes. so he, maybe you didn't work with him right. directly. Yeah, um, but you know, he's directed a lot of shows since then, and uh, or, and I just so I went in, and he was told that, and um, uh, you know, he brought it up right before I was going to do my thing, which was very nerve wracking. He's like, you know, he said, "You were one of my newsboys with Ty, and I hear." 
you know, well, let, you know, let's see what you can do. Oh and, uh, my and here goodness. I am just like, oh, my God, what a full circle. Yeah, so, and I do it, and then he starts crying, and I realize, like, I guess I did good. <laughs> you know? So I walk out the door, and then, like, I, that night I got the offer and everything. And, wow. Yeah. So when you're a kid, you, do, you did Gypsy for, like, two years, right? Yeah, actually two years off and on. I did it. I actually did it first with uh, Linda Lavin at the oh. at the St. James, and then we it was after Tyne left, and then we moved to the Marriott uh, Marquis, and Tyne came back for six months. So oh. it was like two different productions actually of Gypsy of the same production. And it was during that time that that I read that you realized you really like you knew this was what you wanted to do. Yeah, I wanted to tell a story now. I realized it was like, okay, it's not just about dancing and singing. It's it's about, wow, look at this performer. I literally watched her sing Some People from the Wings. I would watch uh, Bobby Lambert sing to his Tulsa number from Wings going, oh, my God, there's magic in this storytelling. And I think just even at that young age, I went, I, I, I need to say something. So that's when it started to evolve as like, triple threat sort of thing wanting to happen throughout high school and college. And then, so you, and you, you went to school? I went to school at Point Park University for two years, and then I went to school at Cincinnati, Cincinnati. For, a, for a year, and then I left oh. with no money and totally, like, I had no idea what I was doing, and I was, like, miserable in school. It was, it was like, the worst time for me. Really? I came to New York with nothing and stayed on a couch, and, and I got a job a couple weeks later and went on tour, paid all my loans off, and... And came back to the city fresh, yeah. Unbelievable. So you come back to Broadway in Oklahoma in 2002, right? Uh, yeah. And then you did Never Gonna Dance in 2003. But I, would you agree that a cor- the a Chorus Line revival was, was sort of like a, a breakout for you? It was. It was. There was, even before that, it was a point at which I decided, it, Bender was, Jay Bender is a big advocate for me, and he... He looked at me and he said, if you, if you want to start playing roles, you need to decide soon. And when you decide that, you need to start saying no to things. Because you can book other ensemble jobs, but it's, but if you keep doing it, you might just keep doing that. So it's up to you. It's, it, there's nothing wrong with that, but decide what you want to do. And so I was like, okay, I, I believe you believe in me. I'll, I'll take a risk. Um, and so I said, okay, from now on, I'm going to say no to any other ensemble. And I'm, all of a sudden... Little ensemble jobs come up, and I'm in debt a little bit. I'm like, God, no, it's so hard. (laughs) You know, it was just like ridiculous. So, um, but I hung on, and um, I think the first thing that came around was I think I did West Side Story, I played Tony West Side Story, Trinity Rep, and then I did this crazy uh, national tour of Dr. Doolittle the musical with Tom (laughs) Hewitt, Nancy Anderson. And then that closed in three months, and then I came to New York. I did an off Broadway play. At, uh, at the York, and then literally like that month, a chorus line. Um, I got I booked a chorus line, and so it was just like it started to it just started to happen, and and yeah, you know, and a chorus line was sort of the big first, first big thing. Hey, when I began to shriek, it's a cross between a squeak and a quiver or a. It's a little like a hook or the record player. What it doesn't have is. Oh, I know you're thinking, what a crazy. What was that audition process like? Um, for me, it wasn't as nerve-wracking, I think, as everybody else. I went in, um, and I think they saw me as Al right away. I think it was. I think they were just hopeful right away, and I went in, and they were happy. And and the thing that was crazy about that process for me, and probably for everybody else for sure, but we we basically were told in I think. Uh, September or so that in three and a half months there's going to be a final callback on the stage of the Broadhurst oh, God. and it's between you and somebody else 
And you're like, what? <laughs> like three and a half months to wait to know that you're a 50-50 shot. I mean, it was just insane. Was that true? Um, for me specifically, it was supposedly an outright lie, <laughs> like which really made me really like. Of course, like just maybe so upset. And this was Bender, of course, again. Just somebody had a tactic, uh-huh. and I get you know. It was, I think it was probably a little more for cameras for the oh, documentary. You, you know, the, the, oh yeah, there were you know, eighty cameras all over the theater, and so yeah. they were catching every single emotion of everything. Um, and so I think they really wanted us to be on our game, which. I would have been on my game anyway if you'd have just said I got the job, but <laughs> right. you know, whatever. I'll just go through that hell at Christmas time, thinking, <laughs> "Oh my God, it's coming up!" You know, "Oh my God, I'm a Final Combat course. You guys just live with torture. I don't it's know how you amazing. do it. Oh yeah, we literally live with stress. Yeah, yeah. The production was directed by Bob Avian, yes. who was the co-choreographer of the original Michael yes. Bennett production. Yes, he worked with Michael Bennett. Yes. How was it to be directed by him? Um, he just stayed true to form, um, and that he. He brought in a lot of history, and he showed us. We, I mean, that that first rehearsal, it was it was like we were going back in time. We were even at eight ninety, which was where a lot of a lot of stuff happened with the chorus line back in the day. And and um, that's that was what was thrilling about it. Is we came together as this new generation, but we were learning what happened, you know, in seventy four. And and um, um, so, well, the great thing about um, what I was doing and what the, the girl who played Christine was doing, this husband and wife thing, he sort of just trusted us from the start, which was cool. So we we were allowed to just goof off and do kind of whatever we wanted in our scene. And she was such a great actress that it didn't really even matter. But um, a lot of times, though, he he set things specifically the way they were um, originally. He He really wanted to honor the people that started that these roles um so a lot of it was that as well so but we got a, we had a guy that come in and just give us the rundown of of how they created it and he really wanted us to honor it i mean it's the only show that i've seen that i can think of where the opening chord got applause oh yeah you know well it's and i tell people all the time this show should never not be on broadway uh, yeah, exactly it's, it's a crime that it it's not like it, it's a show that you, you need to see it. I mean, if you're, no matter who you are, it is just a testament to uh, to our working class, to what we love to do for our lives, to, you know, how we get through our lives. I mean, there's so much in the show that, you know, especially as dancers, performers, it needs to be in New York all the time. I mean, I, I just wish, you know, I wish there was like this law, you know, this like New York law, course line will always be on Broadway, you know. I remember also that you guys were everywhere. I mean, you couldn't turn the TV on without seeing you guys doing a number. Oh, wow, okay. You know? I mean, and the, one of the ones I had to ask you about, they, they used to do this thing at Splash down in Chelsea, oh. Musical Mondays, you okay. know? okay. And they would always show the, the number that you guys did from the Tonys, uh-huh. which was um, you and like all of you guys Guys in front of Radio City doing, doing yes. the opening. It was the opening number, right? Yes. When did you guys film that? I mean, you're literally standing in front of Radio yeah, City. Yeah, we filmed, if I can remember right, we filmed that either the day or, or two. It might have been a couple of days at night before um, before the Tonys. So, and then they cut it so that we would rise up and it would be live and so we would rise right. up on these hydraulics and come right up the st- which was the most insane thing you'd ever like, experience <laughs> in your life you know you're just in this gold costume hearing this orchestra play you're in a chorus line and like 
you know, thousands of people at Radio City are just screaming for a chorus line. And that it was pretty thrilling. I just remember, like, we're rising up and all of us are just laughing <laughs> because we're just, like, so excited with yeah. laughter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's such, a, it's such a cool thing to watch that. We'll put it on our website because it, you can't see a car. You can't see a per- – it just looks like they blocked oh, off, they like, did. Blocks. They blocked off a whole block and put a bunch of lights on and we, we were in front of Radio City. And, and were people, like, sitting there watching you? Oh, yeah. There were definitely – you know, fans all around watching and going, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, totally. It's so cool. Yeah. Did you end up leaving Coruscant before it closed to go do Gypsy? I did, yeah. I was there for a year um, and uh, City Center had to snatch me out of there for Gypsy, mm-hmm. like, uh, I think it was the summer uh, the summer after. Yeah. So you talked a little bit before about uh, about your audition. Did, did you audition for for Gypsy when it came to City Center? Yeah. Um, it's it's that was that's a tough one. It's another th- sort of a connection I I speak of in my solo show that I'm actually bringing to Birdland uh, in June. The end oh, of June good. we're doing it. Oh, give us the dates. Uh, June twenty eighth, uh, uh, nine p.m. We're gonna at do Birdland? Birdland. Yeah. And we'll have uh, a link and all of that on the cool. website. Cool. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, but basically. I couldn't get seen. I mean, this is my dream. This is what this was one of my dream roles as a child. Um, the Bernadette Peters one came around. I went in for that. I basically just got dismissed. Like I was like, okay, he doesn't see me as this. Wow. So then, so then, um, which is fine. And then I, and this other one comes up. I'm like five years later. I can't. Maybe I'm too old. Maybe I'm not. But all I know is it's going to City Center. I gotta take a shot. I couldn't. I couldn't get seen. I mean, it was. I just didn't think. They thought I was the type. You know, I'd also looked probably real big as Al uh-huh. in a chorus line and probably didn't look like a Tulsa. Uh-huh. And uh, I, so um, I figured out a way to get in. How? Um, uh, I called – basically Bonnie Walker was the original stager for the Jerome Robbins choreographer choreography in uh, the Tyne Daily version. And I remember her and I saw her name on the list. She's doing the same thing for this version. And I was like, well, she's the one that put me in the show. She's the one that was at NOLA Studios for eight hours a day for three days putting me into these numbers as a kid. Maybe she'll remember me, right? So I, I called this, this girl. Her name is Susan Kremen. She's the, she was the baby June at the time. And we're still friends. Oh, wow. And I said, hey, do you remember Bonnie Walker? Do you might, might you have her cell phone number? And she did. So I just call her. I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of a bold individual when it comes to the business. And so I, I just, I called her and I said, do you remember me? And she did not. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. And she was kind of like in a hurry to get off the phone. So I, um, I, uh, I, I literally just said, do you remember my mother? You know, she was the one who did this. We had these, she, I had these two little sisters and it was, she was a little crazy. And all of a sudden she was like, I do remember your mother. <laughs> And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. She remembers my mother. And so, of course, then she connects the dots and remembers me. And she goes, oh, Tony, you know, it's really late in the game right now. You know, we've been through a couple calls already. You know, the final callbacks are tomorrow. I, I don't think it's – I said, listen, I know this number. Trust me. It's in my gut. I know this. Oh, my and God. I, I said, I, I know most of the original choreo. I, I know the song. I know the scene. Just bring me in. I'll do it. And she said, I'll see what I can do. So I get a call like – literally at 7 p.m. after hours from my agent saying, so you have this call tomorrow. I don't know where this is coming from, but you got to go in. It's for the re- with the rest of the guys at the final callbacks. Um, Bonnie's going to meet you for a half hour before the final callbacks just so we, she can rehearse you a little bit to see what you got, what you know and you don't. So I went in, and, and she taught me the rest of what I didn't know. Maybe. Were you nervous? Oh, yeah. I, but I was, like, I was like, screw it. i got nothing to lose. Really nervous. And... Um, and I went in, and, and it, it, there was, like, six of us. And, of course, it was, like, me and, like, 
five other short blonde, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice little farm boy Midwestern. I was like, I'm not getting this, you know. There's no way. Um, and so I was. I think it was the third one to go in, and um, you know, who's in the room? It was Arthur Lawrence, Jay Bender, Bonnie Walker, um, everybody. Uh, this was it, and. Um, uh, I do my thing, and everybody starts to cry because Arthur Lawrence is crying. I have no <laughs> idea. And, and then I leave the room. And and, uh, and it was at that time before you did your audition that Arthur said, I, I hear that you were Yeah, I hear because Bonnie must have told him before I walked in the room. And I was like, okay, i got to give it to him. And the thing, the, I think the reason why I, it connected the dots for Arthur so much, it's, uh, one of Arthur's, he tells a story a lot. It's one of his favorite things of all time is Only as a Girl because it, I think um, – it reminds him a lot of his partner, uh-huh. um, and um, it's also uh, an experience he had with Jerry Robbins on the rooftop, where he was—I believe he was Louise—and he and him and Jerry Robbins basically made this creation up together, and so it's very dear to him. Um, so I, I come in there remembering a lot of what Bobby Lambert did it when I was a kid on that right, stage, and I would watch night. I could see like just in your soul what you needed to give that number. It was something a lot. More than just a song and dance number, it was a dreamlike sort of experience that you had to give over to. Um, and I think he sort of saw that I learned that a little bit, and um, you know, gave me the job real shortly after. My clothes were shabby, tailors called me cabby, so I took a vow. Said this bubble beat Now I'm smooth and snappy. Now my Taylor's happy, I'm the catch me out, my wardrobe is wild. Paris silk, Harris tweed, there's only one thing I need. Got my tweed pressed, got my best, best, all I need now is the girl. How did you find out? I got a I got a call really late that night. I think it was. I mean, it, I I couldn't, and I freaked out. I just jumped all over my studio apartment, <laughs> like freaking out. Like I couldn't believe it. It was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. So you do it at encores, and then did, did, was it slated to go to Broadway from encores? Did it, we know that was going to happen? Well, I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I don't think so. I'm sure they were thinking about it at the time, but I never I never thought so. I just. I thought we were just doing it for those, you know, two weeks. Um, and then I basically what happened was I three months later, I went to do um, White Christmas in Toronto. Right. Uh, the first time I got to play that role. And all of a sudden, we're in the middle of that run, and I get a call from my agent saying, so it's going to Broadway. And I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, I it was like the best Christmas present in the world. And there was no question you were going with it. Um, they wanted me, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a question. It was wow. just like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. I, I hope you don't mind me asking. You know, Arthur Lawrence has a reputation of being difficult. Mm-hmm. Did you have? How was your experience working with him? Um, <laughs> well, let's say he has tactics for everybody. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Gosh, there, there were there, there were a couple people he picked on. I was one of them. Oh, really? Um, sure. Um, oh, really? And I think it's because he liked me, though. I and you have to realize, like, this is an old school mentality. Um, 
you know, I think he had tactics to get what he wanted, which was pretty mean spirited. If yeah. I'm, if I, I mean, there's probably other ways of doing things, <laughs> <Right>. you know. <laughs> um, but it was probably the first or second uh, day of rehearsal at City Center, and he loved what I did in my audition so much, and he kept telling me that at the reading, and and then it was like the the first day where he was going to sit down and watch my number, and he literally expected me to have it perfect on the second day, and I, which I was like, oh, this is a process, you know process is process and I knew I just learned the dance sort of like with the different things that I hadn't learned in the audition and and uh, I just got done singing it with the piano again trying to perfect little things and you know but this is like the second or third day and he watches it and he and he comes out to me and goes what happened oh. there's no heart where's your heart it's, it's gone whatever you gave me it's gone I don't know I just, I don't know. Well, how do you deal and with that? And he left actor? the room and told me, like, I had no heart and, like, it's all gone. And you're just like, what did I do that uh-huh. you loved that I don't have? You know, and I just went home and cried my eyes out and oh, thought, no. am I going to get fired? <laughs> oh, I fully thought, like, he was just disappointed in me. And I realized, like, that was his game because, like, you know, I worked my ass off that week. And it was about a week, a week later, he watched it again, and I'm a nervous wreck as he's watching it. And he said, he comes up to me, and just, I couldn't believe it. He says, well, it's back. Oh. And I'm just like, is it, <laughs> is it back, Arthur? Because I thought this was a process, and I thought I had the job already. You know, it just, like, freaked me out. But he had, he, you know, uh, uh, who, who else? Who else did he pick on a lot? And she, she won't be afraid to probably you know agree with me um i think who was she was incredible in the show but i remember he picked an allison frazier sometimes so oh. but it was, we would joke about it all the time me and allison we would just say well he she just, was amazing in i that was like too. she picked on he picked she picked, well he picked on like a lot of people he even picked on patty a lot and and uh, every you know everybody but but allison and me for some reason were like just like it was like get ready he's coming <laughs> at us again allison you know or whatever I, but i think he just really he just got it and he, he wanted it to I don't know. He just wanted it to keep getting better, and that you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now that can go, "Oh, I know how Arthur did that. Yeah, he did that to me once in this play." But he just he has old school tactics, and if you can kind of you know understand that, you know how to deal with a man like that. Yeah. yeah. Is it something that you look back on, and are you grateful that you had the opportunity to work with him? Absolutely. In, in your oh, yeah. He's he's brilliant. Yeah. He's a genius, and the thing about him that people don't quite understand is he really is like all heart, mm-hmm. and, and he might ha- have his be set in his mean ways and be a little bit of a grump. I, the, the table readings we had, the inspiration that he gave us. I mean, he he feels everything, and that's the thing that people don't understand. I mean, the man feels every single line of that play. And it means something to him in a very deep, deep way. Yeah. And that, and you just, you listen and you walk out of that rehearsal just changed. And, you know, he's a great, he's a great man. You know, he just has his um, little quirks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe we can end by you telling us about your show at Birdland. Sure. What's going to happen? Well, the show's called The Floor Above Me. And it was started, I I actually uh, premiered it last summer at 54 Below. And um, uh, there's a lot of tap dancing in it. It's about an hour and 15 minutes of just song and dance craziness. And um, I have two guest performers, Clyde Owls, who plays Ozzy in the show. He's going to be in it. And uh, Melinda Sullivan, who is, in my opinion, probably the best tap dancer I've ever seen in my life. Um, She she partners with me on a couple of numbers. And... um, it's a little bit of a story about my life from um, from you know being a, a young tap dancer and seeing Fred on the TV to 
to uh, getting to New York and and going into this business and then finding love and then getting heartbroken and and then finding love again and and, and the process and how all of that sort of connected for me as as somebody who lived in the romanticism of the MGM era yeah. and, and what that did to me as a person who wanted to be in a relationship, you know? Um, so this whole story just started to come to me after, for a couple of years. Um, but I have some great tunes from like old school. Like we have a lot of like Irving Berlin and George Gershwin and uh, Jerome Kern. And then we have new stuff like, you know, Coldplay and, and um, Joni Mitchell and Jamie Cullum. And so I like to mold the two worlds together as a song and dance guy, but really it's a celebration of tap dance as well. So cool. Yeah. So. Well, we'll have a link to tickets on the website for sure. Great. Fantastic. Tony Asbeck, this has been everything I dreamed. Thank you so much for Thank being on you. the podcast. This has been so great. And congratulations on all of your success. Thanks a lot. Appreciate um, it. And good luck with the show going forward. All right. Thanks again. All right, fellow theater people, there are just 16 days left to help us reach our Kickstarter stretch goal, of which we are $800 shy. We've got great and cheap rewards for donating, including a few remaining pre-sale tickets to our next live show, which I promise will be amazing. Check out our Kickstarter on our Facebook or Twitter pages or on our website, www.theaterpeople.com. That's theater with an E-R-P-P-L.com. Theater People is produced by Mike Jensen and me. This episode was edited by Mike. Special thanks, as always, to BroadwaySpotted.com, Davenport Theatrical, Bradley Behan, Steve Tipton, the staff at Oswald, and Ellen Marsh. We'll be back one week from today with Tony nominee Janine Tesori, music writer of Fun Home, Carolina Change, Thoroughly Modern Millie, and Shrek. Until then, tell your friends about us. Let's get the theater community talking. Unless there's love.